0: Welcome to the EP Edit. This is a podcast dedicated to topics of interest in the field of cardiac electrophysiology. And I'm Dr. Bradley Knight, clinical editor of EP Lab Digest. In this episode, we're featuring information about the great debates and updates in EP Conference, a quarterly virtual series taking place throughout 2022, and it is also the official meeting of EP Lab Digest. Our course co-directors, Dr. Susan Kim, my colleague and electrophysiologist, and nurse practitioner Jessica Sharon, will be discussing the unique format of the meeting, what attending we'll like about this event, as well as recent and upcoming sessions. For more information about Great Debates and Updates in EP, please visit ep.greatdebatesandupdates.com.
1: Hi, my name is Jessica
0: Sharon, and I'm the inpatient electrophysiology nurse practitioner for Northwestern Medicine. My name is Susan Kim. I'm an associate professor of medicine here at Northwestern in cardiac electrophysiology.
1: We wanted to talk a little bit about our EP Lab Digest meeting, about great debates and updates, and tell people a little bit more about it so that they can join us for the next session if they missed our March session or they missed our 2021 session. So I think we could just kind of describe the debate format of the meeting and why we like it. So Susan, what do you think about the setup of this meeting?
0: And why do you think this was a good approach to talking about all things EP? Yeah, I think with the pandemic and even pre-pandemic, there was kind of a focus on didactics and presenting useful information and updates on clinical trials and best practices. I think one issue that's emerged is that sometimes that can be less engaging. And so I think this debate format allows for real life debate, you know, it's not black and white and always clear what to do in what situations. And so I personally have found it incredibly engaging, dare I say, entertaining at times to see people debate approaches to things like how do you treat patients with persistent atrial fibrillation? What's the best approach to keeping them in sinus rhythm? What about you?
1: agree. I mean, I think that we've all been to plenty of conferences where we feel like we're mostly being kind of lectured at with data. And this is a really nice way for us to take a big topic and kind of assign speakers different perspectives on ways to approach this topic. And then we can kind of hear the data on all sides. And so we get to see how everybody else is approaching this complex EP management because there's more than one way to do things. And sometimes, you know, it's science and sometimes it's a combination of science and style. And I think it's nice to hear what everyone else is doing across the country and across
0: the world. Yeah, absolutely. I think our upcoming session is going to be an excellent focus on those gray areas. Before we get to that, though, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the debate session we had on March 24th, including your presentation.
1: Yeah, I think March 24th went great. We divided the section up into two chunks. So the whole thing was kind of an AFib theme. So the first section was dedicated to repeat AF ablation when your pulmonary veins are isolated. And, you know, all of us in the field know that this is a challenge that you're going to come across. And there, again, is no one right way to do things. And so we had a lot of different arguments about, do you attack the posterior wall? Do you do linear lines? Do you do LA appendage isolation and We even discussed convergent, and I thought it was a pretty lively debate about each of those approaches. And then we got to talk about what everybody was doing at their institution. And then we had a little bit of an update on AFib at the end, and we talked about pulse field ablation, improving signal quality in the lab. And then I did a talk about IV sodolol, which was a, an emerging thing now in the, the last year or so. So at Northwestern, we started doing IV sodolol infusion in August of last year. It was really just like an introduction to the drug, if you had not been familiar with it. And if anybody knows me, I'm a very practical person. So if I'm going to listen to a lecture, I want to get a good, quick boots on the ground version of what this thing is. How do I use it? What do I need to know about it? and then how to implement it in my practice so that I can take something away from a lecture. And so we went over the good things we did when we rolled out SOTOLOL, the things we could have done a little bit better. And hopefully people came away with, you know, a little bit of knowledge on the protocol and uh, saving them a few hiccups along the way when they roll it out in their own hospitals.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a great session. I feel like you're just, we're able to kind of share with people the growing pains we went through to save them some time and steps in setting up their own program. To that end, I think we had a nice mix of uh, professionals who joined us on the debate last time. Maybe you can comment on whether or not this might be useful for allied health professionals as well as physicians.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times when we go to conferences, a lot of it is definitely pointed at the physician audience, but there's a lot for us to gain from an allied health standpoint to join. Although there's just constant changing in the field of EP that's going to impact our practice Even though we're not the ones, say, performing ablation or implanting devices, but we need to be knowledgeable about the evidence behind our recommendations and knowledgeable about all of this new cutting edge technology that's gonna be available to our patients so that we can deliver them the best care. So I think coming into these conferences, you get these little chunks of micro learning that you're able to apply right away to your practice from
0: not just a physician standpoint, but anybody in the allied health community. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think our responsibilities are very much in line with each other. And Jess, you know, we rely on you, I don't know, 100% to take care of our, our patients for sure. Oh, go on, um, Susan. No, they're amazing. Oh, and it's you. true. So maybe we can just look ahead to do night. Um, yes, super exciting. I'm excited.
1: I think you're on the, pre- you're
0: presenting, right? Are you on the board for this upcoming one? So I will be moderating, with, uh, yes, with Dr. Lynn, and we will be exploring sort of these ripe areas for debate truly, which is, I mean, literally the titles are difficult decision-making in various situations. We'll start out, the first session will be kind of focus on left atrial appendage closure, Watchman versus amulet versus atriclip with a good panel discussion. And I think there are questions out there now that both devices are FDA approved for percutaneous closure, which one do you choose and when? And then in our second session, there will be updates on a related issue of stroke prevention and discussing how do we treat patients who have had bleeding issues how do you manage patients with a GI bleed? We'll have a GI specialist as well as a neurologist helping us kind of go through those issues step by step. And then a bonus session at the end will be uh, looking at the question of apixaban versus rivaroxaban. I think oftentimes we think of those as being fairly interchangeable, but there are nuanced differences to consider.
1: I think that is going to be so helpful to have that multidisciplinary approach because we see this all the time. And somebody who has a high CHAT score, they need anticoagulation, they're in with a bleed to have us, neurology and GI weigh in all at the same time. And all kind of in one format, not just reading each other's notes in the charts, but
0: having a discussion about each of our goals together. I think that's going to be great. Absolutely. And of course, as usual, full opportunity for audience participation. We love getting questions relevant to the the issues we'll be discussing. All right. Well, I think this has been
1: great. And I hope that everybody heard a little bit about our program and we've sparked your interest to join us in June and for all of our quarterly sessions. And just in case you had missed our March session, everything is available on demand on EP Lab Digest website through 2022. So if you want to catch those sessions about repeat AF ablation when the PVs are isolated and the updates in atrial fibrillation, you can find them there as well as all of our upcoming topics. Great. Thanks, Jess.
0: All right. Thanks, Susan. We'd like to thank Jessica Sharon and Dr. Susan Kim for their participation in this podcast today. For more information about EP Lab Digest and about the great debates and updates in Electrophysiology Conference, please visit eplabdigest.com. Thanks for listening.